Welcome to the King Yah Podcast. As you may have guessed, I am your host, King Yah, a father, activist, and professional speaker. On this podcast, we discuss relationships, criminal justice, news and politics, black history, culture, and domestic violence awareness. If this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you and encourage you to keep listening. Each week you can expect to hear thought-provoking interviews as well as personal relationship tips that will help enhance your life. You will have access to resourceful downloads that you can implement daily to become more productive. Thank you for spending some time with me today. The purpose of this podcast is because everyday people inspire me through their stories of trial and error in life. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. What better way to share our stories? Living in Apartheid State. Welcome to the King Yah Podcast. I am your host. You are joining us this evening as we welcome our honored guest, Shirley Johnson. In Satsuma, Alabama, the Johnson family, according to Shirley Johnson, her family is living in a petite apartheid state. They are separated from the larger Anglo community by privacy. They are only allowed to enter their home and property from the back. All of the services provided to all of the others are at their front door and provided to th- and are provided to them at the back of the door. Subservience is going on. They are experiencing constitutional violations. When they removed the barriers uh, to the front of their home, they were arrested and charged uh, with criminal misdemeanors. Again, they were downgraded to only being able to enter into the home property from the backyard. So we are dealing with uh, a situation here with uh, Shirley Johnson and her family who uh, will be explaining in more detail what's going on in her, in the state and city, you know, with her family, what's going on there in Susuma, Alabama. Uh, she's currently living in Houston or in the Houston area. Uh, she will be joining us in just a few moments as well as uh, other members of her family also. We'll be um, posting um, pictures so that you guys can kind of get a, a visual as to uh, what's going on, what her family has had to endure um, for years now. I remember when this information was brought to my attention um, uh, five years ago, I actually interviewed Shirley Johnson on on uh, uh, Human Rights Radio, um, another blog talk um, station. And we were talking about this very same issue um, back then. And here we are now, five years later, the issues are still existent. Um, The issues are still existent with uh, Shirley Johnson's family. Um, They are being, according to Shirley Johnson, um, they are being uh, uh, systematically oppressed. Um, they, They are just receiving all types of injustices. And they've gone through the court systems. They've gone through all the other systems and exhausted some of the other remedies um, to seek justice for what's going on with their family. And so far, they have not received any um, any justice. And who better to explain their story other than the family that uh, is on our show tonight? For our callers that are calling in right now, we certainly appreciate you. Uh, we welcome you. This is your first time. Continue listening. You're in for uh, 
you're in for some some informative information for sure. Like we have some 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 stuff to share with you guys tonight. It's uh it's going to be a dynamic show as as is always the case. Um, it's dynamic because you all are with us tonight, and uh, it's a pleasure having you guys on the line tonight. Uh, we've got callers uh, calling in from all over the globe. We've got listeners all over the globe, and we appreciate all of our listeners uh, and and our audience uh, for calling in and supporting. Uh, what we do. Uh, I, just a disclaimer that the views and opinions expressed by the hosts, participating audience, and our guests are solely their own and not necessarily that of the Kenya Radio Network or podcast. So uh, with no further ado, we will be going to the phone lines. Uh, so those that are interested in speaking, I need you to press the number one. Shirley, we're going to bring you on first. If you press the number one, that will cue you in to speak. Um, if you're just calling to listen, that's fine, too. So I just need to um, be able to identify who's calling. So uh, give me a few moments, and I will bring uh, Shirley on in just a few moments. Again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in, and I uh, appreciate your patience and your support for this show. Give me one moment, and we'll be right back. Well, welcome to the King Yah Podcast. As you may have guessed, I am your host, King Yah, a father, activist, and professional speaker. On this podcast, we discuss relationships, criminal justice, news and politics, black history, culture, and domestic violence awareness. If this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you and encourage you to keep listening. Each week, you can expect to hear thought-provoking interviews as well as personal relationship tips that will help enhance your life. You will have access to resourceful downloads that you can implement daily to become more productive. Thank you for spending some time with me today. The purpose of this podcast is because everyday people inspire me through their stories of trial and error in life. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. What better way to share our stories? Okay, um, 281, your phone line is open, 9663. Shirley, is that you? Yes, this is me. Hey, Shirley, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Welcome to the show. I appreciate that. I was looking for your other number. I guess uh, I wasn't able to identify uh, okay, the six, this six, number here. Okay, the 6671 is my cell, uh, but I'm okay, use the house phone, so it'll be easy. No, you're fine. You're good. You're good. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. So for our listeners, uh, this is Ms. Shirley Johnson. She's on the line right now. Uh, again, I interviewed her five years ago, and apparently the family is still going through some um, some atrocities and some injustices. So Shirley, can you please explain to our listeners, beautiful own words and your beautiful own way, what is going on from beginning to, to now? Okay, I'm going to... Um try to capsulize it from the beginning to now. Uh, First, I want to thank you for having uh, me and my family on, hoping that some of my other family members have called in. Uh, And I want to say that the situation actually has gotten worse. It has worsened. Uh, We were home for uh, due to a death in the family. We had a brother to pass away and to find out that uh, the city of Satsuma is now allowing houses to be built 
with the backyard to those houses adjacent to our front yard. Uh, so just to walk you through how we got here, I'm going to capsulize it from the beginning uh, as quickly as I can. Um, our great-great-grandfather bought this property out of slavery in 1885. So the family had lived on this property exclusively until 2003. And um, so he bought the property in 1885 from um someone who appeared to be the former slaveholder, and those people were out of Gilbert, West Virginia, based on the research that I've I've gathered. So then from 1885 until uh, 1923, there was an effort to, uh, for one of the ladies in the family of the slaveholder to get the property back. Uh, and in a, a court deposition with my father in 1935 to 1937, uh, it was stated that they had been trying to get the heirs of John Hilliard off that property since 1923, which suggests that our family uh, had been uh, in turmoil uh It appears from a time that he gained possession, that great-grandfather gained possession of the property. So from 1935 to 1937, our father, who was some years older than our mother, was in court, uh, that was before he married her, in court with uh, what appears to be the same family of people uh, trying to get the Negroes, that they said in the article, off of that property. But in that 1935 case, um, and Mr. Kenya, I think I sent you um, an excerpt from that case uh, where it says they've been trying to get the heirs of John Hilliard off that property since 1923. And this was a 1935 Correct. case at that time. And that case actually went to the Alabama Supreme Court, and uh, the and our 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 father and his sister won that case. And it stated in that case that the people who were trying to claim title to it had no title or no interest in the property. So then it's just kind of, there were a lot of subtle things that happened where they were always threatening Daddy and coming to the house, you know, trying to make him do things. We had a cousin to say they came and got Dad and took him on the creek and threatened to kill him. Um, and he told them that if he if he didn't sign the deed to them, they were going to kill him. And he said, supposedly, well, if you do that, um, you still won't get the property because he's not going to sign. So then things kind of went back and forth, back and forth over the years when we were growing up as kids. And um, our, he, my father passed away in 1989. Uh, so I left my brother and some of the, my mother and some of the siblings on the property, and they were still hassling us, the family, trying to get us off of the property, like harassment. Uh, and we have uh, asked for help and been in court uh, numerous times to get some relief. Uh, we've even been, been to the FBI, filed for a hate crime, um, some resolution through that. That was no help. So in 1997, a company called Gilbert Leasing um, uh, sued uh, my mother. Well, actually, according to the court document, they were actually suing the family because it was Rosemary Johnson, ABCDEFG, which is the other heirs. But when they got to court, first before they got to court, my mother had Alzheimer's, and they knew from her dep- the court knew from her deposition that she had Alzheimer's, and it was stated that her children took care of her affairs. 
but they proceeded with the trial. They did not let any of uh, us, any of the other relatives, sibling heirs, testify during that trial. Um, the judge, it's even stated in the um, court transcript where the judge said it's only against this little lady. My mother kept saying that she was 28. I know them a good 28. At that time, she was well into her 70s. So the lawyer said she's suffering from Alzheimer's and her children take care of her affairs before the court. They knew the court knew before and they knew during the trial. But the judge said it's only against this little lady. My mother did the best she could with no support in the courtroom and said that it was her husband's family's property and that she was not claiming title to anyone else's property. She was cognizant enough to say it's my husband's family's property. Uh, so with that, the judge dismissed the jury and gave the, prop- the property to these people who are now trying to claim title to it. But what had the worst part that has happened since that, uh, they came in, these people who are claiming title, and the city of Satsuma, the local authority, allowed them to, first they put a truck across the road so no one could get in and out because the road onto our property dead in at our house. And my sister called. My sister's now deceased. Um, she called the rest of the siblings and said that they put a truck across the road. She couldn't get out. That she was babysitting for a couple of ladies who were going to school. They couldn't get in or out to get their children. Uh, so we called the city. The city told them they had to move the truck. When they moved the truck, they put some iron stakes in the road. So she called again, and we called again. They had to move the stakes. And then they came back, and they put a pile of dirt in the road so no one could get in or out. Uh, and we called again. So eventually what they did was put a privacy fence across the road blocking uh, ingress and egress. You couldn't get in or out because they put the privacy fence there. When they put the privacy fence up, I guess they didn't realize that we couldn't get our mail because it was also a U.S. mail route. So they came back and went over on their road behind us and cut in a trail behind the house for us to get in and get out. And there's a videotape of my brother, of course, who is now deceased, uh, trying to, with the newspaper there, showing how he would have to drive through the front yard, wiggle between the trees in the yard, get to the back of the house, and then come out into the main road to get out, get off the property. Um, And with that, um, blocking the mail, they came in and took the mailbox up, from the front of the house and put it in our backyard. So right now we are we get our mail in the backyard. Uh, they sent the city of Satsuma on their letterhead uh, sent a letter stating that the back of the house now is where we will get will be our legal address essentially, uh, 409 Powers Road something something. So the mail truck now has to come off the road down the little trail into our backyard to bring the mail, which is totally illegal, um, according to the statutes for the uh, United States Postal System. It says it has to be on the road, and the truck has to be able to assess the mailbox, but I don't know of any other persons who get their mail actually in their backyard. All of our services, regardless of whatever it is, it has to come, it comes to the back of the house. Uh, with the fence that was built across uh, our street, where Hilda Drive to block us from the front, 
we attempted to take it down or tore most of it down. We were arrested uh, and charged with a criminal misdemeanor um, based on our lawyer's advice. And uh, just as an aside, we've had four attorneys, one from the NAACP Redress Committee um, and one from Texas, uh, two from Alabama, one from Montgomery and one from Mobile. Uh, The one from Mobile, in my opinion, I think that uh, he didn't know real estate law, uh, that he was intimidated by the court, um, and the one from Montgomery collected his money, he left, and we never did hear from him again. Uh, The one from Texas definitely threw us under the bus. Uh, While we were in court, he was buddy-buddy with the lawyer, didn't talk to us much, and at one point gave me a blank sheet of paper and asked me to sign my interest over to the people who are trying to get us off of the property altogether. And he left. We didn't get a referral to another attorney. Um, He collected his money, and he was done. Uh, so, but we've been told by numerous attorneys that a lot of attorneys are afraid to go into the Southern District of Alabama. So then, after they closed the road, some years passed, and they started to develop the property that the court had awarded them, our family's property that the court had awarded to these land developers who had never been on the property. So the court was wrong because the law clearly states that you cannot claim. Uh, title to property, or quite a title to property that you have never been in possession of. And they had never been in possession of the property. It's only the heirs of John Hilliard. And there's nothing in the records uh, that transfers land from a great-grandfather's deed to these people. Uh, there's a series of deeds that they filed and corrected and did a number of things too, but nothing that transfers it from, uh, from our great-grandfather's deed to any of them. Uh, The last deed that they filed was actually written in Gilbert, West Virginia. Um, And the company um, out of Gilbert, West Virginia, is called Industrial Industries. Industrial Industries owns Gilbert Leasing. And Gilbert Leasing is a company that sued my mother. But ironically, when Gilbert Leasing sued our mother, it was technically out of business. It had it had been dissolved, uh, and I don't know if uh, your listeners are uh, familiar with industrial industries, but it, it was owned by uh, James Buck Harless, and he's a millionaire coal miner. He's now deceased, but the person we're dealing with now, who is trying to claim title through all these fraudulent documents um, and doing all of the, these things, uh, is the grandson of James Buck Harless. So uh, it would stand to reason that this industrial industries out of Gilbert, West Virginia, has to bear some responsibility because the company that supposedly sued our mother was under that broad umbrella. Uh, So we've been in court uh, for a number of years, back and forth, off from work, paying the attorneys, uh, making sacrifices, doing all that we can on principle because in this day and age, no one would believe what we are actually going through. Um, When both of my siblings passed, the funeral car had to drive up into the backyard to pick us up to take us over to the church for the funerals. Uh, 
anyone who comes has to come drive up to the back of the house. If you want to get into the front, you would have to walk around the house to come through the front door. Uh, it's humiliating, to say the least. And then to make things worse, um, now when we're home, the city of Satsuma is allowing, whether we've met with the city of Satsuma, we've tried to reason with them, are allowing houses to be built where their backyards back up to our front yard. And um, Mr. King, I sent you some pictures of that. Um, and it's like, how can somebody in any kind of God consciousness treat another person like this? Uh, and I don't, I don't think that the actual people in the houses are aware, or they could be, that their backyard, the fence that separates their backyard is between their backyard and our front yard. Um, and to be, it's like we're in a little capsule where this privacy fence runs and encapsulizes us into um, this five-acre track because they want us to believe that we only own the five acres. And it was originally 52 acres. And it does not appear that we are going to get any kind of fairness or equity uh, with the courts in Alabama. Uh, we've been in court for 13 years. Uh, all of the documents, um, including the 1935 case, 1DIV987, all of those things have been before the court. There was also a motion for them to open the road back up. I mean, the least they could have done, one would think, is to give us access to the front of our house. In fact, the deed that uh, this MKH Harless, which is actually the same people as the um, Gilbert Leasing Company, they're all the same people, his deed states and is recorded in the public record that Hilliard Drive is to be open for our excess. When the court granted them that part of the property, it says that that roadway to the front of our house was to be open for our excess. So when we informed the court and the local police and local authorities, well, the deed says it is to be left, the court refused to grant us um, access. Uh, and and uh, that's, it, that violates state's law because the law says that if an easement or roadway, whatever you're going to call it, has been there for the statutory period of time, no one can change the character of that roadway or easement or way in and way out. Uh, every every curb, every crook, every bump has to stay the same. But it's not the same for us. It's as if the the law, as it is written, does not apply to us. It applies to everyone else, but not to us. Um, before my sister passed and they blocked the road off, uh, they said that it was to be closed temporarily. Uh, but this is not temporary. Temporary will be something like a few days, uh, maybe a month or two, but certainly not years. Um, so at any rate, um, um, this is where we are. And now we are blocked in, can only access the property from the back. The court uh, denied whatever is put in for us, the court denies it. Um, and I was reading where, and, and then for, for a fraud upon the court, because these people know they went in there with fraudulent documents, nothing that transfers anything from our heirs uh, to these people who are claiming title to it. 
Excuse me. And we got the um, going off in the background. If we can put him on vibrate or something, that'd be great. And how how is yeah. my audio coming in? Because I got knocked off just a little while ago. So apparently we were having some technical issues. So I'm actually on. Uh, how is the audio coming in? Are you guys able to hear me okay? Am I coming in clear? You're coming in clear for sure. me. I don't know, but okay, good, perfect. Okay, good. That's what I would need to make sure. Okay, go right ahead. Continue, Shirley. Uh, let okay. me brief them. So, so those that are just calling in, because we got uh, the lines are blowing up, and we appreciate our callers. Thank you for your patience. We appreciate that. We're gonna um, go to the phone lines in just a few moments. So for those that are just now tuning into the show, you're listening to our honored guest, Miss Shirley Johnson, uh, whose family-owned property in Susuma, Alabama. And the Johnson family has been going through some atrocities and living in a petite apartheid state. They uh, have property, and uh, the state has allowed um, industrial industries to come in and basically fence, put a fence, a privacy fence, in the front of their property, in the front door of their house, essentially, and told them that you've, you've, you can only use the back of your house now. Uh, you can no longer use the front door. Everybody has to use the back door as an entry and exit, period. And they tried to remove some of these items that was, uh, these barricades that was placed in front of their for their property, property that they own. This is private property. And uh, they ended up, uh, some of their family members uh, were charged with a misdemeanor, criminal misdemeanor, a crime for <laughs> removing items and things and barricades off of their property. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Um, she's going to tell you a little bit more about that in just a few moments. How you doing, Shirley? I know that this is a lot. I know it's a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's a lot, and you know, and it's very stressful. Uh, and the other thing that happened the last time we were in court, in federal court, um, we thought that we have a better chance if we filed it in federal court, which is a constitutional issue. It is a violation of our constitutional rights to be set aside and treated differently because of our ethnicity. You know, you can't do that. That that's um it's just a it's a constitutional violation. Uh, and it was a pre trial conference and at that time we had an attorney from the Alabama NAACP redress committee that we were referred to to contact them. And the magistrate judge said to us, um, when I we explained to him that the entry to the house is blocked. We can only access the house and the property from the back. And actually there are uh, four structures on that part of the property. And you can only get to it from the back. He looked at us and he said, you may not like this, but you just have to get used to it. And I said, but, sir, you don't understand. We cannot get to the front of our house. Uh, not that we can't get to it. You have to drive up to the back, get out of your vehicle. If you walk up, you have to walk around the house all the way around the house to come to the front door, which logically doesn't make any kind of sense when everyone else drives up to the front or the side of their house and access the front. Everyone else gets their mail at the front of their homes in their mailbox, not in their backyard. And it's not when I say in the backyard, it's not like two or three steps from the road or the street. The vehicle has to drive up and come into the yard to deliver the mail. But there are people, like I'm sure, like um, I, well, I don't know about other people, but for us to be treated this way because of the color of our skin is illegal, to say the least. And we've contacted 
a number of sources. Uh, I was referred by um, uh, Leslie Prawl. Leslie Prawl, I think, comes used to be with NW. No, she used to be with NAACP. Leslie Prawl uh, referred me to the Fair Housing Committee uh, with the Mobile County. Uh, so I con- I contacted um, the Fair Housing with the head of that organization in Mobile County is a lady named Teresa Bettis. So she and three of her colleagues came onto the property, and they were just aghast. They were saying, how could this be happening? This is just discrimination. This is horrible. It's horrible. And we've got to get to the bottom of this. And uh, we talked back and forth. I filled out the form, signed the documents, sent them the information, and they just Nothing happened. Uh, We had a meeting this past fall, 19, in October, I believe it was, uh, of this past year, with the city of Setsuma to try and reason with them to get them to understand that what you are allowing to happen is a constitutional violation of our rights to be treated like everyone else. And the law says it's it's a violation of your rights to be um, singled out and treated differently because of your ethnicity, your race, your religion, the color of your skin. Uh, It just so happens that we're the only African-Americans in that particular area uh, where where our property is located. Um, All of our other neighbors, as far as I know, are white or some other ethnicity, but not African-American. And it appears uh, on the surface They just want us gone because of the color of our skin, but we own the land. And we should not. Some people say, why don't you all just leave? But why should we leave? You know, our family has been there since 1885. My father farmed the land. The people before them farmed the land and lived off the land. And we are peaceable people. It's not like we're drunkards or we are hell raisers or we do any of those kinds of things. In addition, I have uh, five brothers. I had five brothers, all of whom served this country in the military. Uh, my brother, who is deceased, one of them who is deceased, Jimmy, served in Vietnam. Well, both of the brothers who are now deceased served in Vietnam. Uh, Jimmy was shot in Vietnam. And to come home from serving in the war and work and serving in this country and say, now you can only access your house from the back, it's, like, it's, it's reminiscent to me, based on my research, that they pushed us back into the days of Jim Crow. Um, but we're way down south. You know, it's in Mobile, Alabama. When you get to Mobile, um, you can only go into the bay. Uh, it sits right, Mobile sits right on the bay. And we're 14 miles in from downtown Mobile, so we're in the county and not in the city proper. Uh, but it, it, I find it um, abhorrent, to say the least, that anyone in America would be treated this way at this time in human history. Uh, and I'm sure the young people would say, but how could that be happening? Didn't that happen to the old people? Why did it happen to us now? But it's, it's real and it's happening. And the TV station, the, the NWCP has been out there four times, um, but they haven't been able to get any traction. And I can understand that because they live there. And you know, it's part of their livelihood. And based on how we're treated, I can't imagine what would happen to them if they were to go against the status quo. Uh, we've been told also that um, this, our situation 
may need to be uh, tried in the court of public opinion. And we've been, they, we can't go, but they told us we can't come back to court. I don't know how true that is. I've called Nan. I've contacted Al Sharpton. I've contacted Crump. My brother has contacted a slew of people. Uh, and all of them will say, no, um, I, I don't go into the Southern District of Alabama. Uh, and we've also contacted the FBI. When we met with the FBI, with the attorney from Texas, the FBI, the man at the FBI said to me when he found out I had gone to school in um, Illinois and Wisconsin, he said, a southern girl gone north to get educated. And that was it. He, he, offered, he didn't offer to do anything, offered no assistance, didn't say, well, we'll look into this or this is wrong. We had our meeting, and that was it. Nothing happened after the meeting. Uh, we um, contacted the Department of Justice, but it appears that if they are doing any kind of investigation, that what they do is call Mobile or Satsuma, and they're probably saying, well, we're disgruntled because we lost our property. Well, yes, we are, and we are more disgruntled because of the way we're being treated. No one should be treated in this manner at this time in human history. Shirley, yes. I just, I just want to say, it. First of all, my heart goes out to you and your family. Thank and you. And you're right. No one should ever be treated like this. Um, you have property. Your family owns property, and yes. it is illegal for them to basically be doing what they're doing. Yes. It's unacceptable, and we wanted to get, allow you the opportunity once again, to share your story on a national radio so that the world can know what's going on, so that they can understand through your story the atrocities, the embarrassment, the humiliation, the unconstitutionality of what's going on here with your family. Yes. It, yes. it is discrimination. It is racist. It is. It's racist. Mm -hmm. And th there's no other way around that. And I apologize that you are going through these atrocities, right? And right. we're going to do what we can to continue this dialogue about what's going on in Susuma, Alabama, with yeah. your family and your family's property. So we are going to continue to speak truth to power, and we are going to continue to create an atmosphere where you can be heard. So we're gonna um, we're gonna be right back. Then I'm gonna go to the phone lines. I'm gonna still open up phone lines, and uh, okay. we're gonna roll the dice and see uh, who your family is, because the lines are open, and I appreciate that. Those of you that are calling in, and those of you that are trying to call in, the guest calling number is area code five one five six zero two nine seven nine six. I'll repeat it again. The guest call-in number is area code 515-602-9796. When I come to your phone line, I'm opening your phone lines up. I'm asking you guys to make sure you mute out any background noise, right? So if I'm not speaking to you, mute your phone lines. That way we won't pick up background noises and noises from cell phones because, again, this is a uh, – uh, international radio, so we are going all over, all over the globe. So listeners are 
are tuning in to us all over the world. So we want to be uh, mindful of that. Shirley, thank you so much. Guys, we'll be right back, and then I'm going to go to the phone line. Sure, thank go you. Ahead and mute your line. You're welcome. Okay. Well, welcome to the King Yah podcast. As you may have guessed, I am your host, King Yah, a father, activist, and professional speaker. On this podcast, we discuss relationships, criminal justice, news and politics, black history, culture, and domestic violence awareness. If this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you and encourage you to keep listening. Each week you can expect to hear thought-provoking interviews as well as personal and relationship tips that will help enhance your life. You will have access to resourceful downloads that you can implement daily to become more productive. Thank you for spending some time with me today. The purpose of this podcast is because everyday people inspire me through their stories of trial and error in life. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. What better way to share our stories? All right. We are back, guys. We are back. I want to thank you so much uh, for tuning in to our show. Again, my name is King Yai, and I am the host of of the show. And uh, it looks like we're having some type of technical difficulties or technical issues. The phone lines are blowing up. We have a lot of callers on the line. I know some of you have been waiting patiently, and I certainly appreciate that. I was going to direct uh, you guys over to our chat room um, as well because you can chat with us live online, and uh, unfortunately it looks like we're having some issues. However, those that are listening to the show and you're not not able to call in, uh, we apologize. The lines are busy. They are blowing up. However, you can still um, connect with us. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash kingya, blogtalkradio.com. You can listen to it online. We are live on the radio, uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash kingya, K-I-N-G-Y-A. Again, blogtalkradio.com forward slash kingya, K-I-N-G-Y-A. So we are going to the phone lines in just a few moments here. Um I appreciate the support, guys. I love you guys. I appreciate you for tuning in to our shows. Continue to spread the word about what we are doing. And definitely take a look at our blog talk um, page here, blogtalkradio.com forward slash King Yah. That has a lot of informative information for you guys, uh, links for you guys to check out, um, ways to support, ways to donate, ways to stay in tune and stay informed and even ways to um, access our free downloads and uh, PDF files and things that we got going on um, that we're going to be sharing with the community. So with no further ado, we are going back to the phone lines. And, Shirley, just so you know, your phone line will remain open. Just mute it um, until uh, the appropriate time. If you don't mind, please, I'm going to go to a 773 area code, and uh, we'll see who we got there, and then we're just going to go down the line. Thank you. All right, uh, last uh, four digits, 085, your phone line is open. Please tell us your name, where you're calling from. That looks like a Chicago number. Thank you, Thank you very much for um, for having my family. My name is Viola, and uh, Viola Johnson Shaw, and I'm the eldest of, um, of the children involved in this situation, and I'm calling from Chicago. Um, Chi-town is I just the house. To... Viola, thank you so much for tuning in to our <laughs> thank show, you. and thank you for 
for calling and supporting your family and uh, being a willing participant to share your side of the story and in support of Miss Shirley Johnson. So thank you. Um, you yes, can also I, communicate to Shirley. She hears you. The phone lines are open. Go ahead. Well, I have to commend my sister. She has done such an awesome job through this whole process with um, research, documentation, phone calls, writing letters. But the most amazing thing to me, the, the thing that baffles me the most is that no one is listening to our situation. It's like they, we don't exist. They are, we think they're going to help us to get through this, but then it fizzles out at the end. And that's the most amazing thing to me. Um, we don't know what's causing that. We do know what's causing it, that, that the powers that be in Mobile, Alabama, they are just corrupt, in my opinion. It's just a corrupt system. And because we're African-Americans, African uh, they kind of sweep it under the rugs. But hopefully with this uh, blog that we would get some help, some real, some real assistance to pull this out because it's not fair. My uh, my forefather, my great great grandfather, my my dad, uh, they worked hard for this property just to let it slide through our fingers, and not try and pull it out. So we are holding on, and we'll we know that there's someone out there, and hopefully that someone will hear us today. And they heard everything my sister said, which is. Um, I mean, it's true. It's factual. It's, there's no add-ons. She's she told it just like it is, and the fact that the developer was able to even commit a federal offense by moving our mailbox from the front of our house to our backyard, and nothing was said. My brother in Houston wrote a letter to uh, the postmaster general in Washington to ask if if um, anyone was given permission to move the mailbox. And his repeat the reply he got, no, no one was given permission. And that's a federal offense. But nothing was said, nothing was done. Swept under the rug again. So I just I know there's some help somewhere, there's someone listening that can lead us to the right person to get this issue taken care of. But I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to my family and hopefully there are more family members holding on to to chime in as well. And I appreciate your time. It is not a problem. Your phone line will also remain open. Um, again, just mute your phone on your end. I'm going to go to the next caller. Okay. And, no, it's not a problem. It's not a concern at all. We appreciate you. It's because of you, stories like this, that we exist. Uh, I am passionate about criminal justice. I am passionate about humanity. And I am passionate about mm -hmm. helping those that, that are reaching out to help for help. I don't have a problem with that. Right. In fact, right. And we're everyone that, that's we're that family. Absolutely. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but I interviewed um, Shirley Johnson, Ms. Shirley Johnson, five years ago. Uh, yeah, I remember she told me that. Yes, yes, yes. And and it's unfortunate that the situation has gotten worse. And again, it is all about the finances. It's all about the capitalism. And so. Again, we are reaching out to the rest of the world, the rest of our supporters, because we have supporters around the world. We do. And we will reach more supporters through this radio show tonight. And um, we are asking you guys to look into this matter. If there's any attorneys that are on the line that are listening or um, listening across the world, we, um, we would certainly appreciate if you would um, look into this on a contingency basis. 
and or look at the facts, the factual, um, the factual information regarding uh, their story. Okay. Um, yeah, I've we're hoping so. Yes. Yes, I have seen some of the documentation, and I am just appalled that uh, nothing legally has been done to correct these these erroneous errors. It's just, it's horrific. It's what it is. It's a disgrace to to humanity. It is. It's a time for it to end. It's a, it's time. We're, we're long overdue for justice. Certainly. Well, again, I appreciate that, Ms. Viola. Uh, I'm going to go to the next caller. And, uh, again, callers, I, I'm getting to you as fast as I can. I certainly appreciate that. It helps me if you are wanting to talk, if you press the number one. That way I'll know that you are uh, interested in um, joining in on the conversation so with no further ado, uh, we're going to the next caller. Caller uh, 336, um, I'm going to open up your phone line in just a moment, and then we're going to continue. Please tell me your name uh, when I open up your line and where you're calling from. I'll open it up your line in 3, 2, 1. You are live. Hi, tell me your name and where you're calling from. Uh, this is Mama AZ. Paris, and I'm calling you from the last historical site of the Buffalo Soldiers here in Fort Naco, Arizona, Fort Huachuca area. And I'm a late caller in, and I was just made aware a few minutes ago of your blog talk, and I'm so grateful. There's a reason for everything. So, uh, again, this is Mama AZ calling you from Fort Naco, Arizona. Uh, and tell me what what the what is the subject uh, about? Uh, I know it has to do with land, and it's interesting uh, that you're having this conversation today. So I'm going to mute, and and I'm thankful that you reached out to me, my brother. Uh, everything is in divine order. I, I need to be clued in as to what's going on so I can share it with all of my other Blog Talk families and others that I'm connected to in Missouri and elsewhere. Gus. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Mama AZ. I appreciate that. Another faithful uh, supporter and friend, uh, lover, spirit. She's always been phenomenal. For those that are tuning in uh, to our show, uh, once again, I am your host. My name is King Yah, and uh, our very honored and special guest is Miss Shirley Johnson. Uh, her family owns property in Setsuma, Setsuma Alabama, and uh, basically um, the industrial industry has begun building on their property. Uh, it's gotten to the point where they have become very disrespectful and breaking all of those laws in that state by putting a privacy fence, a putting a privacy fence on the front yard of their home. They can no longer use the front door of their home. Their mailbox has been removed from the from the road to the front door of their home and placed in the back of their house. So they can only enter and exit to the back entryway of their home. Imagine a world like that. Imagine being at your home that you own, homeowners, and you're told you can no longer use the front of your house because we're building a privacy fence in the front of your yard. 
properties that you own, a house that you paid for, that you own, that you pay a mortgage for, and you're forced to use the back door of your home. How disrespectful, how illegal is that? That's what we're dealing with today. So we have Ms. Shirley Johnson on the line who I have been advocating for. I interviewed her five years ago regarding this very same issue on Human Rights Radio, if you guys remember. And the situation has just gotten drastically worse. So that's what's going on on today's show. We're talking about that. And we've got some other information to share with you guys a little bit later. Um, I want to talk to you guys about a house bill. Fourteen ten, something that's going on in Missouri where the land there's that, that deals with landlord tenant issues, uh, where they are. Um, we'll get into that. We will get into that. With no further ado, we're going back to the phone lines. I got to save a little something for you guys. I can't tell you everything we're going to be talking about. I'm going to area code two eight one. Um, I'm opening up your phone line right now. Please tell me your name and where you're calling from. Your phone line is open. Area code two eight one. This is Reginald Johnson. I am uh, Shirley Johnson's brother. Uh, I'd like to thank hey, you all for giving us. I'm doing fine. I'd like to thank you all for giving us the opportunity to uh, hear um, our situation. Uh, it is yes. pretty bleak. Uh, there's someone out there that could uh, come in and help, help us out. Um, there's a lot more to the story. Um, uh, just want to tell you a point of view that happened to me. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, years, years ago, when, uh, just years ago, when I found out um, uh, the people was harassing our mother, uh, I gave them a call uh, and, and blasted them out over the phone. And the FBI came and had me arrested. But when we asked the FBI to do something about our situation, we didn't do anything about it. So um, that is one another uh, black eye on the justice system. Um, but. Anyway, we're still working with the system trying to, but um, we do appreciate your listeners for um, tuning in. So uh, if there's anyone out there that could, that could help, we would appreciate it. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you so much for your support, your contributions, and it's it's outrageous that your family, yourself, been charged with crimes. Um, for protecting your property. If a man and woman cannot protect their property, why do we have property? Right? When you own property, you own land, it's yours. Your blood, your sweat, your tears. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I want uh, to make yes, sure I was there. Yeah, my brother, Reginald, uh, and my sister, I really want to appreciate them for calling in. Uh, yes. Because we've been in this fight, in this struggle for so long, and one of the things that uh, Reginald or Viola and I neglected to tell you all, because I'm trying to get so much of the information out there, is that prior to them closing the road and really getting crazy, well, I guess this they they ran barbed wire fencing through our yard, where the fence, where the wooden fence currently stands. Uh, they ran, they came through, and they ran barbed wire, barbed wire with the little spikes on it to use for animals. Um, and mom had Alzheimer's at that time, 
and she has beautiful azaleas in the yard. And people drive down the road just to come see her azaleas. And she kept the yard immaculate, always raking, always cleaning, always gardening. So in the midst of the Alzheimer's, trying to keep the yard the way she always kept it, she would stick the rake through the wire, the barbed wire, to get the leaves up. And in doing so, she scratched her arm on the barbed wire. And we call the police, we call the sheriff, we call all of the local agencies in the area to come and have them take the fence down. And, of course, they did not. Um, And so eventually I found out, eventually my brother Reginald went home in the night and took the fence down so Mama wouldn't hurt herself anymore. She would be bleeding because she was so determined to get the leaves up. And when you're you're having Alzheimer's, any major change in your environment, it throws them off. It'll, It'll throw the person off. And they told us to make sure we keep her environment the same. Don't change any curtains. Don't do anything different because that would just get her more and more confused. Of course, in her demented mental state, with which is a, a federal um, recognized mental disability, um, she was trying to rake the yard through the barbed wire because she didn't understand why the barbed wire was there. She had, she had practically grew up there. She married my dad at a young age and grew up her children there. Um, so she didn't understand. So um, the whole of this doesn't make any sense that – you want this land so, so badly that you can be so sick and so perverted that all of your human sensibilities just go out the window and because of the color of our skin and we were blessed to get this property that you can mistreat an elderly lady with Alzheimer's to disagree. It, it, it just it completely it, it baffles me, which is why we're, we're still in the struggle. That's why we're, you know, like I can't, it, it, it's so troubling that it's not one of those things that you can very easily let go. And people will say, well, why don't you all just leave? Well, you can't just leave. If you leave, and then it'll happen to another family and another family. So, I mean, we just can't pack up and leave. Uh, these and then people, they get the property, you know. And, and not they only get that, they, they get to, to continue. Yeah, they get, they get the property, and then uh, they will get away with mistreating people for their own greed. Uh, and this company, International Industries, need to be held um, to account. So I'm praying that someone is out there and that they will go from the top down because that's what happens. People with money think they can come in and just treat other people any kind of way. No one has ever offered to come and buy the property. They have done all of these things to us, but no one has come to us and said, I really like this property, and I would like to buy it from you. They have not done that, not once. Um, But I do want to give my brother kudos because I found out, I think about a year ago, that he went down in the night and he took the barbed wire fence down out the yard uh, so Mama could um, continue to enjoy uh, her, her yard until her last days. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's um, great insight for our listening audience. So you have um, a more clear understanding as to uh, what the Johnson family has gone through, um, fighting for their property. It's 
I don't even know where to start. I, I don't even have. A, I don't even have. There is nothing that you can do or say to justify what has done, what has been done to this family. There's nothing that can be said or done, right? The only rightful thing to do is to remove these barriers and, uh, from their property, from their land, and leave them alone and yes. let them enjoy their their happiness, uh, their, their peaceful environment, uh, their property that they paid for with their own sweat, blood, tears, and money. This property belongs to them. If it happened to you, what would you do? They are doing everything that they can through the legal system to fight for justice, and justice has turned a deaf ear to this family. Why is that? Why do you suppose that is? Whatever the reason is, we are demanding justice for the Johnson family. And we will continue to have a platform for the Johnson family as long as this atrocity is going on with the Johnson family. So, again, Ms. Johnson, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate your family for this uh, fight that you are in. I only hope that it will end soon for the better because your yes. family has lost a lot. I remember when you first told me this story. Your family has gone through a tremendous ordeal. The stress, the pain, the heartache. Again, these are human beings. These are property owners. This is a family that has been torn apart because of this cruel, injustice system and the illegal methods that the state of Alabama is condoning in Setsuma. We're going to go to the next caller. We're going to bring them on board in, in a moment here. Shirley, I want to thank you again for your courageous efforts and your entire family for their courageous efforts in spreading thank the you. word. And thank you. What you do. Not a problem. I, I appreciate you guys so much. My platform is your platform. So anytime you guys need to to get some information out, well, here we are. Tune in, and we will get it done. So all of our listeners that are just now tuning in, uh, unfortunately our chat line is down. However, you can visit us on the website. Our website is Blog Talk Radio, Blog, B-L-O-G, Talk, like you're talking, blogtalkradio.com forward slash King-Yah, K-I-N-G-Y-A. Those of you that are not able to get in through the phone lines, um, you can listen to our our radio show online, and you can tune in as well. Um, we're going to the next caller, uh, area code 251. I'm coming to you now, opening up your phone line. Area code 251. Um, what is that? 4116. Your phone line is open. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. I'm wonderful. My name is... 
Hi, I'm sorry, my voice is kind of hazy. Hi, my name is Rosa Johnson. I am the niece of Shirley Johnson and Violet Johnson and Reginald Johnson, and I was born and raised on that property, well as they were, but I'm the niece of them. And um, thank you for hey, having me. my family. Uh, hi, thank you for having my family on the radio to speak about our situation because it's it's hard, it's it's ridiculous, really it is. And all the different development I've seen, all of it with the tree cutting, the fence, and it's like unreal. It's like how can you do this in today's time? But by being African American, they figure okay, we can run them over because they're black, and that's that's not right. That's discrimination because of our race. So and yeah. um and it's like part of our civil rights, part of our it's just it's just wrong. They're doing a lot of illegal stuff, corrupted actually, and they I guess they could get away with because they're, they're white. And it's like you don't want to go into racism, but it's it's racism. Ball out there's no other word. I mean, if we're gonna call a spade a spade. You don't call a spade a joker. You call a spade a spade, yeah. right? I mean, it is what it is. You have some evil racist people in the world. They're not all evil yeah. and racist. The reality is you have some evil, vindictive, racist people in the world. And you got to deal yeah, with them yeah. accordingly. And yeah. you got to fight them through their system. And you have to continue to bring the fight to them. And this is how all of you guys can help the Johnson family bring the fight to them. By promoting this radio show, by promoting what we do, the more, the more you share our radio show, the more platforms you use to share this radio show on, the more the Johnson family and families like them and every other victim that comes on our show and people that come on our show to talk about their concerns, their issues, and um, seeking justice and or just want to share their story with us. They just need a voice or a, a listening ear. This is the time for you guys to share this radio show on all of your social media Send it in emails to your friends and family members. Text it to your friends and family members. Put it on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Put it all over your social media. The more coverage we get on this, the better the likelihood for this family and other families to receive justice because we have an audience that we can reach. This radio show is global. However, with your help, we can reach more people. There is no reason why right now you guys cannot go to Apple and find our our radio show, write a review. I encourage everyone that's on this radio show that's listening to go on Apple and look up King Yah on Apple and write us a review. We need good reviews, no less than five-star ratings. That is going to, we what we want, what we want to accomplish here with our radio show, we want it to be nationally recognized. And we can only do that with your help, with your love, and with your support. So we are counting on you guys to help us get this show on major networks. This show has the ability, with your help, to be international. Not just national, but international, where we are going from state to state and we are going from one country to the next country talking about these atrocities and these injustices that are going on with families like Shirley Johnson. So, again, we can only do that with your help. There is no reason why you guys cannot share this information and follow us on these other uh, social media platforms. We're on 
iTunes. Well, now it's Apple Podcasts or Apple. Um, we're on Spotify. We are on TuneIn, Radio Public. We are on Anchor. We are everywhere. If you Google this radio show, you'll find us. So you can follow us. You can write reviews. Again, we are requesting you guys to be more proactive. We're going to um, – tell me your name one more time. Is that Rosie? Niece? Oh, is this is 
this, James, this my James Joseph Owens L. Okay, my brother. How you doing? Welcome to the show. I appreciate you, uh, brother. Well, I'm doing good, man. You know, and uh, I'm hearing a sister and her family. Uh, as you know, I'm somebody from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm the author of a document known as The Race Safety Proposition. Now, I wrote this document in the United States Federal Penitentiary in Florence, Colorado, on April 24, 1998. And on October 23, 2001, Mr. J.B. Cook, Supervisory, United States Attorney uh, at Florence, Colorado, certified this document in the FBI files. Now, Mr. J.B. Crook currently is at the Oklahoma City Transfer Center, U.S. Department of Justice Federal Bill Prisons. Phone number 405-682-7045. Uh, if that's not it, you can ask for his name seven days a week. And therefore, based on the facts of Miss Shirley Johnson's predicate, her predicate being a deed and a title to the land and her blood, she's also a more, a.k.a. black person. So the basic fundamental approach on this issue of racism need to be focused on not only that deed, but Prophet Noble Juwali, who said he has the deed to all this land. And it's a whole lot of folks of other nationalities, primarily whites, who are fraudulent in the government are not giving these black people their land and respecting the law. Now, there's something in the federal law known as Title 28, Section 2404. If the government is involved and a person is on any property, any land, real estate, and the individual in the government has died or the person who was the original heir has died, that, that entitlement gives standing. The key word is called Standing the right to sue. So what I'm seeing is fraud on the court based on the testimony of Miss Shirley Johnson, the discovery of the chain of custody of the evidence and the certified documents has been displacement displaced or fraudulently concealed before courts of the United States in the Southern District of Alabama, and courts in the state courts in Alabama, both which would have to conform and bow to the language of the writers of the Constitution under Amendment 6, which says, which court shall have been previously ascertained by law? Courts of law under the Constitution of the United States or the Constitution for the United States are not courts of competent jurisdiction if it's a decision based on racial discrimination. So therefore, if it's racial profiling, that's a violation of the First Amendment. And it goes to the Fifth Amendment, 
where you've been deprived of not only procedural due process, but you've been subjected to a deprivation of substantive due process because this land is in the name of this black family. So therefore, the National Guard, the state police, the United States Marine Corps, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the president of the United States supposed to take executive action to do something to enforce a court order that's being disregarded or crushed based on racism. Now, Oprah Winfrey just came up with a Holocaust Museum in Montgomery, Alabama. And, and Mr. Bryant, who's a lawyer down there, that's uh, beat 101 death penalty cases. He needs to be involved with this. Oprah Winfrey needs to be involved with this. Uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z need to be involved with Snoop Dogg need to be involved with this. All the gangsters in Chicago need to be involved with this. And, and it is our job and responsibility to bring this information before them. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you. I'm going to um, go to the next caller. Just hold on. Stay with us. We're going to bring you back. You listen to Brother James Owens Ill, who's uh, definitely informed in the law and the legal aspect. So I think he will definitely be um, a great uh, asset to the Johnson family. Um, so I'll definitely connect you guys, Miss uh, Johnson okay. and the Johnson family, with him. Um, brother Owens Ill, I appreciate that. Go ahead Thank and mute you. your line, my brother, and uh, uh, we will we will be back to you in just a few moments. Thank you so much for that wonderful contribution. All right, we are going to the next caller. Um, we are going to area code 573, 573. 573, tell us your name, where you're calling from. Your phone line is open. My name is Raina Abson. I am calling from Missouri. I mean Missouri. I am a radio show host on 92.9 KWRH. And so thank I've you, been listening. Thank you for you. thank you for contacting us. And so, Mr. Jamal Ali, we all been sitting here. We both been sitting here. And so, what's Wonderful. happened, Miss Johnson? Uh, happened to me as well. I mean, it's a different story, but the same principle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we are hosting an event here in Missouri with, not just at, but with the Missouri History Museum on April 15th. Also with that event is national author Richard Rothstein, who wrote the book called The Color of Law. Has anyone or have you, King, y'all read that book, The Color of Law? I have not read that book. I've heard about that. Uh, That's definitely on my to-do list, though. Okay, so we're going to read that book across the country, chapter for chapter, so everybody can understand how segregation happened because the book is documented so we don't have to go over and argue history of segregation. So how I explain that is if you're going to get mad and shoot the messenger, shoot the book because the book is the one who's telling us who segregated us. The second part of what I do is called the Living Color of Law Project. And so we are doing things a little bit differently. We have started being successful in these courts just because we've been putting it out there 
um, showing people who is involved and how they've been cheating. And since some of these judges are on the bench now, um, it's been very powerful. But it's time to move it forward and to get results that we need. So what we are doing right now is, uh, and I've already collected several various court cases that show how people literally broke the law. One of the things that I've learned in doing this is when you go to people and explain to them, depending on who your audience is, if you're talking to the people who's actually responsible for doing it to you, then obviously you ain't getting nowhere. Right. If you're talking right. to people, and if you're talking to people that don't have the knowledge of law or experience of court procedures, then you're talking to ignorant people, and they can't help you. So the best way of what I've learned is what I'm articulating to people is to learn how to boil your story down into three minutes using documents. And so with that, I'm doing a case, and the young man will be presenting his own case about how he entered into a real estate contract sale, and he actually ended up having his name as the property owner. And the landlord, to get him out of his property, he took him to court as a tenant. So the theme to his situation is quick and easy. This ain't that. And so being able to boil it down into such a simplistic way for people to understand it through documents has really helped bring along people that would otherwise not get involved with the individual or a nonprofit. They would normally go to, like, the lawyer. And so showing people, considering the cases that I do, there was lawyers involved and they didn't do anything. And so that's been very key as well of showing people actual court cases with the lawyers involved, with the people involved, and how it may have went all over the news, and they still didn't get any help. So what we are seeing is because St. Louis has a homelessness epidemic rate that is skyrocketing beyond belief, and they have this NGA that's about to be built here, of course, gentrification is right. So to be able to help combat that, I went out into the counties like St. Charles, more affluent counties. And, of course, you know, they have the we love black people. We're not racist. So I let them know, okay, well, if they get gentrified, keep that attitude because guess where they're coming? Because these people need places to live. And so I found that to be very effective and effective once people realize you're not getting the nice black person. You're going to get the angry angry black person that just got kicked out of their house and lost everything. And so as you watch people's faces, begin to comprehend what you're saying is very powerful. And so I just want to summarize my little portion of saying that a a clear, quick articulation with some documents and understanding who your audience is and how to articulate what you want them to do can be very, very effective. So I will, if anyone is ready, I will give my phone number out. Um, My number is 573-201-6310. And I will repeat, 
573-201-6310. Just send me a text message or call me. And so we will try to figure out what we can do about your case okay. about the History Museum. So what we are doing, and this is my last part, we are putting these on boxes, just to give you an example of a different resolution of articulation. And what the brown boxes mean is really us. They're brown. They're discarded. They're found in alleyways anywhere. But the more important part, our properties, a lot of rental properties, they're flammable, they're broken down, and they've been extracted. They don't have what they need. And it's just like us as humans. We've been extracted. We don't have what we need. So the boxes has in itself beyond what you put on them. The boxes represent our history of how we've been treated, that once they get what they want out of us, we are discarded. Sure. And that's, that's exactly how they always do it and how they play the system right now. We definitely appreciate your wonderful contributions, and we're going to come back to you in just a few moments. Um, can you tell them the name of your business one more time and then the radio show as well? We want to make sure that we send some send our listeners over there as well to support you. So I am the Rolla Renters radio show. If you just type in on the Internet, Rolla, R-O-L-L-A, Renters, Association or radio show. Um, my name is Raina Abson. My radio is 92.9 FM KWRH. If you are a social media or a Facebook person, then the, the radio station is Radio 63119. And if you go on Facebook and type in Rolla Renters Association, it will come up on my catering page, Flavors Mob Bill, but you will see Rolla Renters Association underneath. And Flavors Mob Bill is F-L-A-V-A-S space, because I'm the Ma, M-A space, Bill, B-I-L-L, because the truck came with the flavor, and I'm the Ma and they have bills to pay. So that's what that means. <laughs> Flavors my bill. And so we're also, my show is on SoundCloud as well. So I would love to do a collaboration. And then we also, and it's a part of this group, um, a, a, a strong brother that's with the Rotary Club. And that's where we really need to really start putting our resources. It's people who are on our team that are in these, organizations, being able to get them to get those organizations underneath them to move under their direction to learn how to assist us is truly powerful. So the goal is simply is we want illegal judgments to be removed. See, people understand that concept. So, so let me ask you, Ms. Reyna, so then mm-hmm. does yes. your organization deal with uh, the supporting or helping to facilitate the removal of illegal judgments? I'm moving it into that phase right now. To get, okay. we've uh, been able to get properties turned over to 
tenants. We've been able to get uh, the county to come out and dig up rental properties. Because in Missouri, just real quick, if a tenant has an issue with the utility companies, like the water company here, in the policy, the tenant has to get the property owner's signature and initials to get any relief. So what do the property owners do? Nothing. So they just sign off. So it was a huge victory to have the county come and dig up a rental property, not once, but twice, to find and solve the leaks that was on the tenant's bill. So what I'm at is is implementing new procedures, new policies, new avenues, literally showing people step by step by step what we say of how to implement that to reality. So with the History Museum and them collaborating, they already know my MO, and that's what I'm moving for. So my job is to teach them how to just do that. So what we're using to get it started is called Alpha and Omega Models, which means, for example, for a tenant to be thrown out of a property, 10-day notice by law here in Missouri, but, of course, nobody follows the law. Nobody reads. So they will throw my notice was 18 hours. Other people's is three days, five days. All that is below the law. So what I did was start asking people if they knew certain perspectives like the notice of eviction, and most people did not. So then I provided the information to them. Then I provided pamphlets that they give out, and I asked them to find the minimum notice in any of those pamphlets, and they could not. And so taking Raina, them on that, the we're gonna we're gonna come back. We're gonna come back to you. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna go to the next caller. We're gonna come back to you, Raina, because I know you got a lot of information that you need to share to our listeners, and it's pertinent to the show. And we will definitely feed them with that information for sure. So let's take a quick break. I'll be right back with more. Thank you. Welcome to the King Yah Podcast. As you may have guessed, I am your host, King Yah, a father, activist, and professional speaker. On this podcast, we discuss relationships, criminal justice, news and politics, black history, culture, and domestic violence awareness. If this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you and encourage you to keep listening. Each week, you can expect to hear thought-provoking interviews, as well as personal relationship tips that will help enhance your life. You will have access to resourceful downloads that you can implement daily to become more productive. Thank you for spending some time with me today. The purpose of this podcast is because everyday people inspire me through their stories of trial and error in life. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. What better way to share our stories? Alabama, and with the state of Alabama, 
they are putting barriers. And when I say they, the industrial industry and the state uh, is condoning the industrial industry to put barriers in the front of their home. And uh, the Johnson family has been arrested for removing certain barriers from their property. This is their own personal property that they own, and uh, they have a right to. And they have uh, the industrial industry has placed a privacy fence in front of the Johnsons' home, and uh, have forced them to utilize the back of their home, and uh, that's definitely uh, unconstitutional and illegal act. And what we are um, uh, accomplishing this evening on our radio show is uh, spreading the word of uh, the and and the story of uh, Miss Johnson, Miss Shirley Johnson, and her family, along with her family that are also on the line uh, supporting so that we could get this information out to the masses and uh, let the world know the injustices that are going on here and to end apartheid, uh, the apartheid state, um, and to end these injustices that the Johnson family, other families like the Johnson family is currently enduring. Uh, we are going back to the phone lines, and uh, I will be opening up your lines in just a few moments. I'm trying to get some callers that's been on the line for a while. We are going to area code 708. Um, area code 708. Your phone line is open. Please tell us your name and where you're calling from. Area code 708, are you there? Four six eight five is the last four of your numbers. Okay. All right. Press the number one if you guys are um, ready and interested in joining in on the conversation. I'm going to go to the next caller. We've got quite a few callers on the line. Uh, area code seven zero three coming to you. Area code seven zero three. Your phone line is open. Can you hear me? I believe that this is my mom. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? All right, well, we'll check another caller. Um, sometimes our callers are just calling in to listen to the show. It's quite okay. We will go to the next one. Uh, area code 443, we're coming to you. Area code 443, your phone line is open. Who am I speaking with, please? Oh, it must be my turn. Is this Sister Bay? Yes, good evening. This is Matriarch Amila Amitiel at La Bay. Good evening, everyone. I'd like to give out hey, a website. Amahane of... What you, what, you got, what you got for us, sister? Amahane of... Um, wait a minute. Aborigine of Amahane. That's A-B-O-R-I-G-I-N-E of... A M E X E M, and this is Her Royal Highness Empress Nenti. In absolute, I'm telling you, this woman—they took her house, took her out of her car three times, took her out of her car, took her out of her house, didn't have a warrant. She sued them. For $100 million, the Department of Justice got involved and 
the state of North Carolina and the Department of Justice came up with a settlement of one hundred one million six thousand. So on her website, you can find out more. We need to find out what tribes our ancestors originated from because that is what makes us descendable. Being black, Negro, and colored does not make us descendable. They respect people who know who their ancestors are. They put a lot of confusion in our minds, and they changed original inhabitants to Indians to black people. We need to go back to being who our ancestors are. That's us today. They got us confused. North is south, and south is north. East is west, and west is east. They have they have flipped everything on us. The smallest thing you can think of, we have been taught by them, educated by them. Everything you know is a lie. Jesus, they got him looking like Cesare Borgia. That's Pope Rodrigo Borgia's son. That's not Jesus. Jesus had feet like burnt in the oven. Come on. That man had pale skin and straight hair like a horse. Sister Bay. Jesus had melanin. We have melanin. This melanin that we have, we are the pride of the creator's creation. We are. All right, we're going to come back to Sister Bay. We love you, Sister Bay. We appreciate your contributions. We are uh, talking to Miss Shirley Johnson, and we are um, definitely looking for some uh, remedies for her family's current situation. So we appreciate the contributions of everyone um, tuning in to our show and offering their support for sure. Uh, the views and opinions expressed by the hosts, participating audience, and our guests are solely their own and not necessarily that of the Kenya Radio Network and Podcast. Uh, we're going back to Sister Shirley, and then we're going to um, go to Mr. Owens Ill. And with the time that we have remaining, of course, we got to get Sister Raina back on because we've got some information for her um, that she wants to share. Sister Shirley, your line is open. Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, I was distracted for a moment. I was trying to get someone off the other phone. Um, no, it's okay. Go right ahead. I can come back to you. I think I still got Rose on the phone line as well. Let me see if I can find her again. All right, I'll be back. All right, guys, so, again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our show. Give me one second. Is this Brother Bay? I think your phone line is coming open. Brother Bay, are you there? There we go, 336. Oh, that's Brother Reginald. Okay, do you have anything else you want to say, Brother Reginald? All right. Uh, where is Brother Bay, our legal expert here? Brother Bay, are you there? Erico 346. Who am I speaking with? This is Warren Houston. Warren Houston. What's going on, Brother Warren? Oh, man, I'm good. How about yourself? Man, I'm great. I'm great. I'm black-tastic. Thanks for tuning in to our show. I appreciate you. Do um, you have any words or contributions you'd like to share uh, with our beloved family and uh, uh, Johnson family this evening? 
Well, I haven't been on long. I've been trying to uh, catch what's gotcha. going on, so I'm a yes, opinion. But I just put myself in, in queue to let you know I was here. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'll mute you, and I'll come back to you in just a few moments, brother. Thank you so much. Love so, again, those that are tuning into our show, uh, we appreciate you so much. Um, it is an honor and a uh, privilege to be here with you. Um, so you are listening to our honored guest, Ms. Shirley Johnson, uh, in Susuma, Alabama, the Johnson family, according to Ms. Shirley Johnson. Her family is living in uh, a petite apartheid state. They are separated from the larger Anglo community by a privacy fence. They are only allowed to enter their home and property from the back of the house. So in essence, what the industrial industry has come in to do and what the state of Alabama has allowed them to do is to basically barricade the front of their property. So they put a privacy fence in front of and on their private property. Remove their mailbox from their private property and placed it in the back of the yard. The Johnson family has been arrested for removing these barriers from off of their own property that they own. It's been generations and generations owned, right? And uh, so they have been charged with misdemeanor, criminal criminal misdemeanor charges for removing these um, barriers from their properties. Um, the courts have ordered them to um, continue to use the back of their house, the back door of their house for entry, exit, and even the mailbox, the postal services, have been ordered to only deliver mail to the back of their homes. I mean, what type of state are we living in to allow this to continue to go on? What type of state does this to humans, right? What type of state allows this injustice and these atrocities to continue to go on with the Johnson family and other homeowners and property owners. This is horrendous. It's unconstitutional. It's illegal. And if this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you, and I want to encourage you to keep listening. We're going back to the phone lines. And, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to cover, guys. We've got a lot to cover. And I just want to let you know that I appreciate all of you for tuning in and listening. And uh, so that's what's going on. The Johnson family, um, they are experiencing these these horrific, unconstitutional, illegal acts from the state in which they live in. And we want to um, continue to offer and give them the support that they need so that they can have their stories told. We're going back to the phone lines, Brother uh, Owens L. We're coming back to you, sir. Brother Owens yes, L., sir. your phone open. <clears throat> How you doing? Yes, sir. sir. Welcome back. Welcome so, back, brother. Once, once again, uh, I want to give the greatest honor to you for getting up and speaking on interstate commerce, telling the truth, and standing up for these black mothers. And what I say to all black gangsters, as I said in the penitentiary, and I'm saying now, repatriate to the black mother. Stop all this foolishness with all this mob activity. It's a joke. 
The object is stand up for people like Miss Johnson. Stand up for Sister Amelia Bay. Stand up for Prophet Noah Juali. Stand up for Jesus Christ. And guess what I say to the military? You would have a good friend to help the Johnson family if you take some of the gangster disciples and the Crips and the Bloods and the BGF to go down Alabama with the state police and tell them damn racist-ass people, leave that family alone. Allahu Akbar, in the name of law and the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, which says, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. The object of the First Amendment is to speak when you now that you have the opportunity to do so. And when the people didn't speak in Germany, Adolf Hitler took the First Amendment and killed six million Jews. Open your mouth when it's necessary. Open your mouth when you say you're a Christian. Speak like Jesus. Speak like a Muslim, like Muhammad and Noble Jew Ali. Say what Allah say. Jesus is the law. Jesus said in the Bible, and Allah said in the Quran, Ali Enron, Jesus is the law. Jesus said, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Them people over that land, a whole bunch of blacks own land, they, but you ain't talking about it. You've got to talk more. And when you identify racist individuals in your government, identify don't sit back and say it ain't my business. It is your business. Open your damn mouth. Thank you, brother. We appreciate that. So what we want to know is this. We want to know if uh, any of our listeners on the line have any resources for this family. And you can either email those resources uh, to me you could either um, share those resources on the line. We will come back and uh, and uh, get those resources if you have those resources available. We're going back to Ms. Shirley Johnson. And, again, we are looking for some legal uh, ramifications for the Johnson family. The Johnson family is reaching out for our help. The Johnson family is reaching out for your help. And we are in support of the Johnson family. Cry and please for justice. That's why we are here. We are here to assist the Johnson family by allowing and creating this platform for you guys to come on and share your stories so that the world can hear and know what's going on. So with no further ado, we are going back to Ms. Johnson, and um, then we're going to go back to our sister friend in Missouri, Sister Raina. All right. Ms. Johnson, you are, yes. you are, you're still here. Great. Gotcha. All right. Am I on the line? You are on the line. You never left the line. Why would you not <laughs> okay. be on the line? I would, I would not have a show if you were off the line, Ms. J. Come on, okay, Ms. Johnson. Okay. Well, I want to clarify. Oh, you, Miss Johnson, you are definitely on the line. Okay, well, I want to clarify two things. 
Um, We received a letter assigning us an address to the back of our house. So the letter was essentially saying, this is your new address. But the letter came from the city of Satsuma. That is the municipality that we live in, which is Satsuma, Alabama, which is in Mobile County. Uh, it, It didn't come from, like, the postal service or anything like that. My brother, uh, Reginald, I think he's still on the line, he has been working as diligently as I have. Um, Again, we're kind of like partners in crime. We run things by each other, and we go to the law library and look up things online. And I have a friend whose daughter is an attorney, so she advises us because our the four well actually we've had like seven attorneys. We had four regular attorneys, and we had an attorney from Houston who assured us that he would take care of the issue. But he was the one who wanted me to sign a blank sheet of paper signing over my interest in the property to the land developers. Uh, but getting back to the, uh, the assignment of the address, it was done by the city of Satsuma. So as the mail, so when the mail, the mail is delivered to the back of the house, my brother Reginald uh, wrote to the U.S. Postal Service. We have it documented. The Postal Service sent him several letters to say that they uh, do not um, authorize the movement of mailboxes. They don't service mail in the backyard. Um, they don't uh, give land developers permission to move mailboxes. So all of this that's happening to us now is with the court system who is working in conjunction with the city of Satsuma and the land developer. But then you have to recognize that with the uh, judicial and political landscape of Mobile, which is way down south, it's not like Montgomery or Birmingham. You know, when you get to Mobile, that's the farther south you can go uh, part of Alabama. That's another little part that dips down a little farther. But at that point, you go into the bay. You go into the water. So when you look at the um, political landscape, judicial landscape, it appears that all of these people are working together. And then with the land developer being the grandson of James Buck Harless, the late James Buck Harless, from money, uh, they appear to gravitate to him, um, and I, he'd probably give them some donation or something. Um, and when we were last, we had a meeting with the city of my brother and I were there, and several other people, including Teresa Bettis, who is with the Housing Authority, Fair Housing Authority. She didn't say anything or advocate for us. She appeared to have a semi-personal relationship with the mayor. They were very nice, but... The mayor essentially said that he, in spite of the law, he was going to do what he was going to do for the land developer, in, in spite of the law. Although the law says you can't close the road, you can't, you can't change the character, you can't set aside a group of people and treat them differently because of the color of their skin. He's going to do whatever this land developer, uh, Harless, 
uh, of, from industrial industries. He's going to do what he wanted to do. And he even spoke about closing the front of some driveways to uh, the other few blacks who were in the area because they had bought some adjacent property and we were going to close it. But in fact, you can't close that. Those people have been there for the statutory period of time. But because the city of Satsuma is the uh, local um, authority, a lot of the, our constitutional violations also have to land uh, in the lap of the city of Satsuma. Um, in their codes, because we, we go into everything, my brother and I, we dig into everything. In their codes, it said their municipal codes says that they will not do anything that violates constitutional codes. But he, although they have it in writing, uh, it doesn't apply to us because of the color of our skin. So they allow our constitutional rights to be violated. These are guaranteed con, uh, constitutional rights. They can allow ours to be violated, but they're going to let this man, the land developer, violate our rights uh, under their auspices, and they are the governing body. So they have to hold some responsibility too. So we need someone who can help us, who is not afraid to challenge the judicial and political landscape in Mobile. I, like I said earlier, we reached out to Crump. We reached out to Sharpton. I, I met with Sharpton's brother. I flew to Montgomery once to get some help uh, with Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton when they were there for the second term, Obama's second term. So uh, I, I went there to meet with them, didn't meet with either one of them, but I met with Sharpton's brother. And they promised me they're going to get it to Al. We're going to get it to Al. He's going to do something about this. Nothing happened. But it appears that each time we reach out, uh, we're either told that by the attorneys that they are not they are not going to go into the Southern District of Alabama, or um, that we need this huge amount of money up front before they will do anything. Because we're regular people. I'm a retired school, I'm public and, uh, school employee. Sure, sure. Uh, it's, I, yes. I was just going to ask you how that work out for you, because I've got my own personal feelings about Al Sharpton and, and, and uh, Jesse Jackson. Um, well, nothing worked out for us. They did nothing. And uh, I even posted on Sharpton's page, and nothing happened. I called Nan. Sure In fact, when I went to Montgomery, the lady at Alabama Nan said, National Action Network, said, well, you need to get here now. So I called my sister, and she said, well, be careful. <laughs> anyway, I did. She kind of scared me a little bit. She said, you know about women traveling alone and be careful, da, da, da. So anyway, I hopped the plane, got there, got a car. I actually flew into Birmingham, got a car, drove to Montgomery, uh, trying to see them. But, no, they don't do anything. It's like the local NAACP in Mobile. Uh, they've been onto the property four times. Uh, one of the men said to me, his final he assured me he was going to do all these things. So I'm waiting and calling and calling. So his final word was every tub sits on its own bottom, and he was done with me, which is saying that it's your your problem, you take care of it, and they were not going to do anything to help us, right? And then I, I was in contact with another lady who took over after him, and she wanted me to deed the property to the NAACP. I said, well, first of all, ma'am, I would never do that, and it's not my property. To, to deed to anyone is air property. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to all of the family. Um, so it's like I don't understand what their purpose is anymore. 
so at this juncture, I don't waste any more time with them because they just have meetings, and then they have dinners and parties, in my opinion. I don't know that they're doing anything that is constructive. Well, yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, you mentioned it. <laughs> they are? Money. Oh, okay. Bring them the money. They'll sit down and talk about it. Bring the money. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I've got my personal opinions, and I've seen some things that I know of some things, and you've experienced some things, and uh, I think you've pretty much gotten your answer from them, what they will do right. and what I they have. won't do. I yeah, so yeah. I think we are clear on Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and their agendas. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think that that's clear. That goes without saying. Um, right. So, uh, guys, again, you're listening to the Kenya Online Radio Show, and I'm your host, Kenya, and we are with Miss Shirley Johnson. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. You have sacrificed two hours of your time with us, and we certainly appreciate that. And uh, we will be getting out of here soon. Uh, we've got a few more moments, of course, on the line, and as I promised, we are going to bring back our beloved sister, Raina, calling in from St. Louis, Missouri. She's got some information that she needs to share with you guys. Um, as I stated earlier, there is uh, there's a law that's out there. There's a, a landlord-tenant issue that we need to talk about. Okay. Uh, Brother Warren and I, we talked about this earlier, and Sister Raina and I touched bases on this along with um, her co-host, um, Brother Ali, we discussed this issue as well. So I'll touch bases on it briefly, and then I'll bring Serena on the line um, to continue the discussion. And then, Brother Warren, I'm going to open up. I'm going to open up all the phone lines. I just ask you guys to mute the phones on your end because we will be running out of live time. And what that means is, once we run out of live time, then the calls will just start dropping. Um, so I'm going to open up the phone lines in just a few moments. So, again, um, guys, please um, mute your phones. Um, Shirley, your phone line, of course, will remain open. And uh, Sister Raina will be coming to you in just a moment. And then, Warren, back to you. Um, all right. So we are dealing with something that is called House Bill, Missouri House Bill 1410. And it deals with uh, landlord-tenant actions. Um, on July 9, 2014, the Missouri governor signed House Bill 1410 into law. The most significant change the new law will bring is removing the right to a uh, trial de novo in unlawful detainer and landlord-tenant actions. House Bill 1410's proponents advocated that the bill would reduce court costs and end a wasteful process of forestalling the eviction process. Uh, it goes on and on, and I'm not going to share all of that information with you guys. I'll just uh, tell you basically what I got from it, and then we'll bring other experts on the line. Warren Houston, who uh, is uh, over the, he's the founder of the People's Study Law Group, and uh, Brother James Owens Ill, who are well equipped with the law. That's not my area of expertise. However, what I've gotten from the information is that basically the landlords. Uh, we'll give you um, 10 days to move out. Um, it's kind of like a speedy trial. Or actually, the law was they give you 10 days to move out, you know, when you're give you an eviction to move out 10 days. Now, to my understanding, that has changed, um, and we'll get some clarification on that too. I think they reduced that from 10 days to something smaller. So we'll bring Sister Raina on now and she can discuss that with you guys and the research that she has 
in regards to that, and I'll be opening all the phone lines. So, again, guys, please mute your phones. Uh, all the phone lines are coming open. Sister Bay, your phone line is open. Mute your phone line, please. All the phone lines will be open. Uh, Sister Raina, your phone line is open. Go ahead, please. Um, yes. Yeah. So, House Bill 1410 took away, it was a way to circumvent the law. And this is something that the law circumvents or it helps the court. And so just like you read, it said it will save the courts. So when you're reading something that was drafted from a real estate association, the Missouri Association of Real Estate Investors, there are two members of the House of Representatives, Gary Cross and Lyndall Franker, developed House Bill 1410. And so it's illegal because it takes a constitutional right from every tenant away in the state of Missouri. It evicted our right. And so what it means simply, our right to a trial de novo. So in a trial de novo, if you lose your court action, you will be able to go for a new trial, and you will pay about $45. What that meant was that the landlord said, oh, I got the plumbing fixed, I got the electrical fixed, I did all this. Well, you could take them back to court in that $45 in the trial de novo and show pictures or have people come in and document that they lied. So what did the legislators do of the Real Estate Association? They removed that option for a tenant to be able to take them to court so they can't get caught lying on the record. So when you develop a law that breaks it down to 24 hours from 10 days, that is cruel and unusual punishment, but it's also escalating evictions and homelessness. So if you go on a website, it will say that the law was made for squatters and people who are unlawfully occupying houses, but that's not true. The petitions I have that were filed using the 24 hours of House Bill 1410, both women were Section 8 HUD tenants. So just being clear. Oh, go ahead. Hello? Yeah. So just being clear, you know, if you're making a law and it's Section 8 tenants that's being clearly affected by it, but you're advertising for squatters, you know, that's the trick. And so showing people what these laws, what they say, most people don't read laws. But now being around like the History Museum and different people who have an invested interest into the history of what goes on in this community. That has been a game changer because until you find an audience that's actually interested, all these words fall to the wayside. So I want to encourage people and find people who are interested in history. That might be your hook and your key like it was for me. So House Bill 1410 is just a a horrible law that our legislators did here in Missouri to escalate homelessness and poverty. It was a 
response to the work that I do, that law was drafted. It was drafted by the legislators, but it came out of RALA. So if you go on certain websites, when they mention certain people's name, like Danielle Marler, you would know, you wouldn't know unless you Googled her name. She came out of RALA. So that law was literally the government and the real estate's response to my nonprofit of taking landlords back to court twice. So they just did away with the law. The law also is written to where plaintiffs and plaintiffs only get to decide if the case is heard on the record. So now in landlord-tenant action, the courts don't even record the cases anymore. Let that sink in. How does a tenant file an appeal? They can't. There's no transcript. So it's completely illegal. Thank you, Sister Rainer, for sharing that information with us. Uh, those that are in the, uh, the beautiful state of Missouri, we've got some fighting to do. So there you have it, House Bill 1410. That can be repealed. Um, you can ask for that to uh, to revote on that so that we could uh, address these landlord-tenant issues. Brother Warren, you are on the line, brother. Questions, comments, give it to us, brother. All right. Uh, thank you, King Yaw, for having me on, uh, inviting me on this call. Uh, Ms. Johnson, are you there? She's still here. Ms. Johnson? Ms. Johnson? Yes, can you hear me? Go ahead. We hear you now. Go ahead, sister. Okay, thank you. Go ahead, Warren. Warren's got a question for you or a comment. First, to explain why my name is Warren Houston. I'm the creator and organizer of the People's Law Study Group here in Houston, Texas. And so I've been sitting back listening, and your your situation will require uh, probably more time off the air, but I do have a few questions. When did this incident first occur? Well, it's been an ongoing situation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, when they first closed the road, blocked, barricaded it, it had to be around 2003, and we've been in court for the last 13 years. Um, but not, nothing is given to us in court. Um, and then it was turned over where I was referred to the fair housing. So we haven't been in court for the last two years, I think, because I've been waiting for fair housing. But fair housing has since just disappeared. Um, okay. Who did, who did you sue in court? We, we sued the city of Satsuma and uh, Maurice Kirk Harless. Mm-hmm. And he is the land developer. Was, who is it? What I'm was the cause what was the cause of action? Uh, well, we had several causes of action. Let me pull one up for you. Let me pull up a, okay. um, a, a motion, a brief. Um, <clears throat> one was a violation of our uh, rights. I, I need to read to you. I don't want to get anything wrong. And I'm right here mm-hmm. on my computer, so I can just open it up for you. Um, okay. Just one moment. Uh we had a gentleman from here. His name was John Batiste Sekamati. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he just sold us down the river. Uh, Fourth Amendment uh, right violation, uh, the equal protection of the law, denial and interference of equal protection of the law, pursuant to 42, uh, 1981, 42, 1983. Uh, 42, wait, 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 wait. You're quoting 42, 1981, 93. You're quoting to me federal law? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, why would, is this in the state court? No, this particular one, the last one was in federal court because okay. Okay. The, the attorney, Mr. Sekamati, he uh-huh. uh, he uh, filed one, but it wasn't it wasn't done correctly. So uh-huh. when I went online and saw a sample um, of what he had done, it wasn't it wasn't even complete. But it initially started in state court when okay. they uh, sued. Well, court one, where they were suing to quiet the title to the property, which they had mm-hmm. never been in possession of, right? And mm-hmm. my family had always been there. My mother had Alzheimer's at the time. They did a deposition prior to court, knew that she had Alzheimer's. So when we went to court, not we were trusting the court to do the court's job. And they separated us from her, which I know they can do that, she was in court, completely confused and lost, and we have a copy of the deposition. My brother ordered that. And uh, she kept saying that she knew that she was a good 20-something, but at that time she was 70-odd. The doctors had told us to keep her environment the same, but since they um, had her to come to court, we took her. And all the family came in from all over, and we were there. <clears throat> and she kept she was cognizant enough to say uh, she's not claiming title to anyone's property. The property she's owned is her husband's family's property because it's heir property through my father's lineage and not her lineage. Um, so she was cognizant enough. She kept saying it throughout the transcript. It's my husband's family's property. It was noted that she had Alzheimer's and that uh, her children were taking care of her affairs. So we tried to keep everything the same for her. At some point, they dismissed it. Uh, the jury, they went to lunch, and when she, the judge said this court, this uh, judgment is against this little lady only, this little lady, talking about our mother, and dismissed the jury and gave the major portion of our property to these people. And it was after they got that judgment that they started the constitutional violation of our rights, separating us from the larger community, treating us differently, uh, closing the road to the front of the house, and the police report said it was to be closed temporarily, but it has not. In fact, they've completely blocked it off. And there was a motion for them to open the road back up before it was completely barricaded. My mother has since passed away, of course. <clears throat> and uh, we've been fighting them in court. We met this lawyer here in Houston, because I live here in Houston, um, and he said, well, we needed to file... A section 1983, we need to file it in federal court, uh, he said, because the police cannot come onto your property and tell you what to do, and that will put us into federal court. And then he strung us along, strung us along. We kept saying, when are you going to file it? When are you going to file it? So I was, we were paying for him to fly him to Mobile, get him a rental car, a hotel, the whole nine yards, and um, he strung us along, and it was continued, continued, and we, we went through all of that trusting that he was doing the right things. We finally got in court, and uh, that's when he wanted me to sign over my rights to the people 
who weren't who were trying to take the property. And then they came in. I think you heard the first part of the uh, story of the situation, the dilemma, the travesty. Um, it came in and did several things to barricade the front of the property. And I have a deceased sister. My younger sister, who is now deceased, was living on the property at that time. And they put a truck across the road. It was it was one way in, the ingress and egress, same road. Um, <clears throat> So she called the police and she called us because, you know, the other siblings, we were away from home. And uh, we all called the city of Saturday and said, you can't do this. And they had the people, the, the land developers, to move the truck. And then they came back and they put stakes, the one where you string up a fence. They put those bars in the road. And still she couldn't get in. Plus she had a bad heart. They couldn't get in or out. They put came and put a pile of dirt in the road. Okay. Let me um, this, Ms. Again, I, I want to also respect the listeners who have been on about two hours because I know that uh, this is something that I can solve in just a few minutes, but I'm here in Houston, Texas as well. Yes. And it is off of 610 and T.C. Gesture, if you're familiar with that area. I am. I live in Texas. Okay. I can give you my number. Okay. And uh, if you want to sit down and talk about it, we can talk about it and uh, go from there. Okay. I'd appreciate that. Okay. I'm ready uh, and the, 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 you can reach me at 346. 346. 217-217-0595. 0595. Yes, it's Warren Houston, Houston, just Warren like right now. And mm-hmm. I would like for him to meet with us, if that's okay with you. That's that's perfectly fine with me. Okay, so I'll get in touch with you one day next week, and we'll set up a time to meet. Um, and anyway, we'll, we'll set up a time to meet. Thank okay. you, Warren. I Thank appreciate you. that, my brother. All right. May I be heard? All right. Yes, go ahead, Mama AZ. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Sister uh, Shirley, thank you so much for being mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. a Yes, yes, Professor, this is me. Do you know, do, do you know you were on my brain when this brother reached out to me today and I figured out or uh, what the issue was on this show, on this podcast, and, and no sooner than I said, you got to reach out to Professor. By the way, listening <laughs> audience, I call Brother Warren Houston Professor of Law. Okay. <laughs> now, anyway, no sooner than I my brain said that, I'd be darned if you didn't make yourself known, Professor, that you were on the other on the line. So I won't take up time. Uh, metaphysically, this is deep. And for the sister who's over there, I call it Rolla, Missouri. Uh, uh, for those who may not be aware, uh, Rolla, Missouri is right on the line of the Trail of Tears. Wow. That particular area goes way back to with me because there was at one time a Baha'i Institute or Baha'i School right on that line in Rolla, Missouri. So, Sister, I will be reaching out to you from Rolla 
you have really um, gave me confirmation, my brother, the host, that my sister Shirley from the other side and the other ancestors from Oklahoma and Missouri are coming to me in my dreams. And I said, look, if you, if you want me to think, if you want me to know that I'm not crazy or losing my mind, you give me a confirmation. And my brother, you sent me the link to your show. And if that's not a confirmation through a bullhorn, Mama AZ ain't talking to you over the phone line. Thank us. I hope. Well, man, it's just good to hear. I haven't heard. I'm sorry, uh, King Yah, but I just had to make a quick statement. It's good to hear my Maisie's voice. I haven't heard in a while. She has been a uh, avid supporter of me and my work, and I really appreciate her. I really do. I appreciate you more, babies. I do, brothers. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's okay. I know, Mama. I know, Mama. <laughs> Thank us. I'm gonna mute. <laughs> You're fine, Mama AZ. I, I appreciate your love, your tenacity, and your drive, definitely. Um, I have my mom on the phone. Let's see if uh, she wants to uh, chime in. Mom, are you there? Teresa? Question or comment? Yeah, I know. I'm calling you out. Your phone line is <laughs> Okay. My dad's probably on the line as well. Dad, I'm calling you out. Any questions or comments? All right. Well, guys, uh, so we have reached a point um, of the end of our show. I want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in. We certainly appreciate that. Um, I I love the support that we have on our show, and I look forward to having you guys on uh, another show. Uh, We're going to take a break, and uh, that will conclude our show for the evening. Well, thank you so, so much. And uh, after I meet with Mr. Houston, Warren Houston, I'm going to get back in touch with you. Absolutely. I would hope so. So you guys stay tuned and listen to our our closing closing remarks. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. If I could reach one person through an inspiring message, I'll say if you want success, pursue your dreams without permission. If they say you can't, you can. You captain your ship, your faith. If they say you won't, you will. You master your spirit, your life's purpose. If they say you are not, I am. You are the boss and master of your goals, your destiny. Follow me on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, KingYah2020. My podcasts are also available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, TuneIn, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just look for King Yah. If you have any thoughts, suggestions, or constructive criticism regarding our podcast, please email your concerns to us. Thank you.